This is the Hot Lava Podcast. My name's Kevin Acey, Potter's Beat Writer for the Union Tribune. Uh, Jay Posner, here with me. Well, actually, not here with me, but here with me. Uh, Jay, last time I stole your uh, your introduction, and it was really good. And so, since they're going so well, I- I'm sure you have something poignant, pithy, uh, you know, really insightful to say about the Padres. Uh, Jay, I'm going to let you start to talk about this team that is the first in Major League Baseball to 30 wins. Well, sure. There you go again. (laughs) (laughs) As it was coming out of my mouth, I said, I bet you that was it. (laughs) Hey, first, Uh, I do want to say, I just realized I've bedhead and uh, just keeping it real here on the hot lava. Go ahead. That's what that's what the hat's for. (laughs) Um, Anyway, among other things, I don't have bedhead. I have expanding. I have expanding forehead. Um, Anyway, yes, the Padres are the first in baseball to 30 wins. And uh they have won nine games in a row. I believe it's 12 out of 13. Um, it is. Which means, which means during that time of winning 12 out of 13, they've gained, I believe, one game on the Dodgers, um, <laughs> who, are, who are equally as, as hot. The one thing that came to mind over the week, yesterday, actually, is I, as I watched the Fernando Tatis show, and, you know, he came up in the whatever inning that was with the bases loaded. And, and it was so funny because – you know, they never, when you're at the ball game, there's a lot of stuff you don't sometimes know what's happening because the, they don't announce anything because apparently umpires have it in their contract where they don't actually have to speak to anybody, including the people who pay their salaries. But Cronenworth was up with a base empty yesterday, and the first pitch, all of a sudden the umpire was pointing to first, he was running down to first base, and I noticed uh, Angel Hernandez was pointing at the catch, you know, doing this with his glove. People who are listening can't hear that, but he was he was motioning that it was catcher's interference. So I kind of figured that that's what it was, but there was no replay. You couldn't tell what happened. And then on the scoreboard, they they put up that big graphic and it said walk, walk, walk. And I'm like, I don't think that the Mariners and Scott Service walked Jake Cronenworth <laughs> to load the bases for Fernando Tatis Jr. As he came up, I said to my wife, he can't, right? He can't. And she said, no, he, he can. And sure uh, enough, he, he, he can. And that was, that was as long a home run as I've seen, about as long as home run as I've seen. I'll put it this way. I've never seen anybody hit the ball where Tatis hit it yesterday, which was over that hedge to the left of the batter's eye. Uh, I remember Andrew Jones hitting one way up by towards the uh, scoreboard and everything. But I think they said it was 447. It was every bit of that. He had a 441, I believe, in the first uh, his first time up. And he's incredible right now. You know, they, they play a tape when you walk into the ballpark of calls from Orsillo and Grant, I believe, from last year. And one of them's from a defensive play, and and Mark Grant says he's a cart. You're a cartoon character, or something like that. And that's what it feels like right now. Since he came back, he feels like a cartoon character. Like nobody could be this good. I think in his last six games, counting right before he he yes. departed, his his OPS is like twenty one hundred or something. Just I, I completely obscene like that. It's it's just you know we we've talked a long time, Kevin, about. Guy, you know, having players like this, being lucky enough to have players like this on the team that you watch every single day, whether it's as a fan or as a media member or whatever. And right now, I mean, the Padres and their fans are extremely fortunate to have someone like mm. Tatis and to have him under contract for this long. And it's it's remarkable. That's the, it's the only thing. I mean, there, you can't really describe it, but we, we're running out of words and he's 22 years old. 
but you said a few things in there that that really are, I think, worth exploring. First off, your 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 wife says yes, he can. So Julie's a believer, and and uh, I see how this marriage works. We got the optimist, we got the pessimist. Uh, but uh, you've seen it long I, before this. Yes, I have, but I love to hear you know reinforcement. I'm glad it's working there. Um, the fact that he can. The fact that he constantly does, and when I say constantly does, it's baseball. It's not every time up. Uh, but he's Michael Jordan, right? You, you, uh, you know, Michael Jordan didn't hit every game-winning shot, but damn, he hit a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And and that's what Fernando Tatis Jr. is. And that is the specialness. That's what special people do. Special people force their way onto their te- onto the team when the team had no intention of putting them there uh, as a 20 year old. And then right. they have a few games of getting ready. And by the second week of the, um, their rookie season, they're one of the most sensational players in, in baseball. And, and they do it time and time and again, when no, when people say, ah, no, it can't happen now. The other thing you said, he's a video game, Jay, you know, it's funny that the situation that I'm in now, I'm on social media. Unfortunately, sometimes uh, I write for this thing called the internet. And then I write for the newspaper and, and the demographics of the newspaper, the person who goes to the end of their driveway or has it slid next to their door uh, is is a little older. And sometimes I get messages from them that the game has become a video game or, you know, and they're, they're whatever. It's, uh, and, and I try to be respectful. I get it. But if every team had a Fernando Tatis Jr., it wouldn't matter, right? Like, like this guy makes it all worth it for whatever age you are. Because I hear from them also that like, I don't like all that bat flip stuff, but it's okay when Tatis does it <laughs> yep, because he's so special. And, and you know what? It just feels genuine. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad that we can, uh, we can talk about uh, this guy in so many different ways. Not only is it like fun to just watch him, but he makes this team better in ways that you don't really even think about. I mean, you talked about no way they'd want Cronenworth. Well, duh. But there's so many other ways that he makes this lineup better. You got Hosmer batting fifth and Myers batting sixth. That's what this thing was dreamed up to be. Uh, right. This this lineup is good again, and that's without Machado and Grisham, for goodness sake. Yeah, and I we can get into a little bit more. I I still question whether Tatis should be hitting cleanup. It's obviously worked great for four. You know, for these four games, I, I still don't like having him. That far down, I mean, that far, it's really more one place more than I would consider. You like three. To be ideal. Yeah. I think two or three is better, uh, you know, for him. And um, I, I don't know if that means if, if what you do with Cron. I mean, I, if Cronenworth's going to keep hitting like this, you know, he can be wherever in the lineup. I mean, you really don't want to take it bats away from sort of any of these guys right now. I think Machado still strikes a lot of fear into opponents, so people get good pitches to hit you know, around, uh, around him. But yeah, I mean, if you have a top six in your order, like you talked about, and even if it's a top seven uh, with Austin Nola, uh, when he's, you know, when he's catching uh, and then whoever happens to be in, in left field, but top six, if you had in whatever order, Grisham, Machado, Tatis, Cronenworth, Hosmer, Myers, Nola, um, that's pretty good lineup. And, you know, you have a rotation that, has Darvish and Snell and Musgrove and and look guys like Paddock and Weathers have pitched great lately. Um, I, I do think as we go forward, this trip will be interesting because um, you know I joked to to you over the weekend that, and I also joked to Jeff Sanders who did a good job in in your absence for a couple of days that the Padres are sort of this was a week where they it felt like they were playing Triple A teams. 
And mm-hmm. look, the Rockies and the Mariners are major league teams. The Rockies came back from the debacle against the Padres and, and played great against the Diamondbacks, or at least better than the Diamondbacks. They're major league teams. They win games. You know, they don't go out and lose all the time. But the Padres handled those two teams the way that we talked about at the beginning of the year, that you should handle teams like that. They didn't necessarily do it with the Pirates. The Kind of a game or two got away from them there. But that's, you know, it's baseball. It happens. But this last week, especially, and the Cardinals certainly did not look like a good team when they were here, especially their pitching staff, which I guess their bullpen is like on a record pace right now for walks or walk rate. But anyway, the Cardinals are, you know, pretty good team. The Padres swept them. The Rockies are not a good team, but the Padres took care of business. The Mariners are not a good team right now. Padres took care of business. Now they go in, play Milwaukee, which has not been great, but their in their offense especially has been horrible. It's been about as bad as Seattle's actually. But Christian Yelich is back. Four games there. They're facing Woodruff and Burns the next couple of nights. Two guys who you know pitch great here. The Padres got swept by the Brewers as we recall back here at. Uh, at Petco, then they go to Houston, which is obviously a good team, on to Chicago, which I'm not sure if they're a good team, but they're not bad. They've got a lot of good players. Andy Green, 1-0 as a manager after uh, <laughs> after last night's game. This Hot Lava Padres podcast segment is brought to you by Jack Powell Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, located in Escondido and serving the San Diego community for over 60 years. It's springtime, and that makes everything more fun. And at Jack Powell Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Escondido, we find it fun saving you money during our Memorial Day sales event. Buy now and save with 0% APR financing for 72 months on new 2021 select make and models we have in stock. So if you need a new vehicle and another reason to smile and have fun, visit Jack Powell Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram online or in Escondido, San Diego. Serving the San Diego community for over 60 years, where we make shopping easy. So this this trip, if, if we want to morph into talking about this trip yet, uh, or whenever we do, this trip will be very interesting to see sort of where the Padres stand yes. against better teams. Look, the Padres are not going to sweep every series for the rest of the year. They're probably not even going to sweep the next series. But... They just need to continue to, you know, to do what they've done the last week and play and play good baseball. And and uh, when that happens, they're going to win games. Depending on how the games go, I mean, you could have a game where you felt like you let one get away. But but let's just say at the outset, this is now the type of trip where you you go six and four. You say, hey, good trip. There you go. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, so that's yeah. and that's. You know, heck, that, that's baseball, right? Uh, what these what these nine and zero runs, what these twelve out of thirteen runs, that's what good teams do. So that when they go five and five or six and four, they're still looking up at the end of the year. They have ninety five, you know, ninety nine wins, whatever. Right. Uh, that's you know, this is how this season, this is how good teams do it. And here we are, end of the. I'm excited. We're almost to the one third way, and I think it's shaping up about how we sort of envisioned it if the Padres were who we thought they are. Obviously there's some anomalies the way that uh, Tommy Pham is hitting 193. I think it is, uh, you know, there've been some injuries. There's some storylines we're following here. Let's go to the pitching. 
Great point, by the way. Don't want to gloss over it. You got Woodruff and Burns. By the way, the paper here, if these guys keep pitching like this, has got to do some sort of uh, play on, uh, you know, uh, Woodward and Bernstein. If you've got Woodruff and Burns, I don't know right. what it is. It's a recreation of the movie cover. I don't know, but that's awesome. I, every time in my brain, I have to self-correct before I say it out loud that they're facing Woodruff tonight. And he right. has been, holy smokes, eight <laughs> straight quality starts for Brandon Woodruff. And one of those obviously was the Padres uh, when what was that? I think it was six innings, one run. And then Burns, this is his first start back from uh, the COVID uh, IL. He's right. been out for what, a couple weeks. And so, um, but you know, both these guys sub two ERA. So th- this is, this is different. Yeah. Well, the Padres um, better hope Burns doesn't come back from COVID the way that Tatis did. I was going to say, you, you, you know it's going to take him a while to get going. Oh, no, not. Uh, right. Oh, plus he's also walked two batters. So, you know, you know, you can get a walk against him. Um, I will – this is uh, – this is – a test it's, you know you said Yelich is back I was going to say hey this is cool we get to watch uh, Snell and, and Paddock and Musgrove try to build uh, against the team that isn't scoring runs but look you never know when the Brewers are going to take off and 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 it's very very interesting you Darvish the Padres are nine and one when you Darvish starts yeah that's that's the guy that you got and so now is Snell going to continue to be the guy that you thought that you got Musgrove going to be the guy that you projected was about to take off in his career. And if Chris Paddock pitches like he has the last three starts, you got one of the best number four guys in the majors. Now that's again, that's a capital if Jay, um, hopefully I'm going to talk to Chris today and, and, and talk about some of the new, you know, the way his pitches are moving uh, the velocity and, uh, and see where we're at. Maybe have a little something for, uh, for later in the week, but I think that's a real key. If you have one of the better number four starters uh, in, in the majors, you're in good shape. Right. And you talked about how the season is sort of shaped up like we thought, and, and it's doing that with the with the team right up the road as well, <laughs> where the Dodgers, as, you know, we expected, have straightened things out, and they've had, you know, injury issues. Uh, Bellinger still isn't playing. I think Betts has been in and out. Um, you know, Corey Seager is out for a while now. But you talk about number four starters, and I mentioned this guy at the beginning of the year, Julio Urias, he might be their best pitcher, and he's like, quote, unquote, their fourth starter. So, again, but you're setting up if Paddock is that guy, and if you're going to play them in a in a series, although, unfortunately, it would probably be a three out of five series, but if depending on how the schedule is, if you're going to need four starters, you know, now you're looking at Bueller and Kershaw and Bauer and Urias that you're facing from the Dodgers. So you better have four pretty good guys as well. And right now, I think the Padres – do and 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 then that gives you the ability to to use Ryan Weathers out of the bullpen. Denelson Lamette falls into there somewhere. I mean, he I, I did not get to see much of Saturday's game, but judging on what uh, your report, he looked he looked more like Denelson Lamette. In fact, why don't you why don't you tell tell me what I missed on Saturday night with Lamette? Because the last time he pitched, he, I think he it was one of those one good inning one off a little. Uh, innings. What what did Saturday night look like? Last uh, Saturday night was sustained. The slider was uh, sustained. I'm not saying it was as good in the third inning as it was in the in the first, but the fact is, I think it was. He took 41 pitches. Uh-huh. Um, at first, I'm like, I'm like, hey, cool. He got stretched out another inning. He threw like two more pitches than he <laughs> threw on the side. Uh, it, it was that good. He stayed up. He was still hitting 96 with the fastball in the third inning for three innings. 
that was about Denelson Lamette that mm-hmm. you, you expected. Now, that's the reason that I didn't include him as one of the starters is, hey, that's not who the Padres are anymore. We don't have to say, oh, hey, we hope Denelson Lamette. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Of course, Denelson <laughs> Lamette being all that Denelson Lamette could be, that's what you want, and that's what is possible for the end of the year. Heck, with uh, the rest that he's gotten, it's possible that Denelson Lamette is your strongest pitcher at the end of the year. Yeah. But right now, Denelson Lamette is a question mark. I would fully expect that as long as he came out feeling uh, if as long as he came out feeling strong from uh, those three innings, uh, that it would go probably Ryan Weathers in the final game here, though it could be Lamette. And then one of them would probably start the first game uh, in uh, Houston. Though, mm-hmm. obviously, if you're going to go with six-man rotation, Darvish could line up to start Friday. You can start playing with it a little bit. But I fully expect right. that as long as they feel like Weathers and Lamette can do it, that they're going to go to a six-man rotation as what? They have 17 more uh, games before their next off day? Right. Right. And then, as we mentioned after that, another stretch of like 13, I think. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's a run where they're going to need guys. And I, I think um, that that makes Miguel Diaz important um, as well. I mean, I did see the unfortunately did see the end of I think was it Saturday night's game when he pitched or Friday night, whichever game Friday, Friday night where he needed like 55 pitches to get through two innings. Yeah. With a 16 to one lead. That, that was a little bit. Uh, a little and who bit knows more. how that. Yeah, more of the Miguel Diaz we had seen a couple of years ago, less of the one that we've seen. But hey, it was one again. It's one outing. Um, not going to read anything uh, anything into that. He's been good since he came back, and um, you know the bullpen continues to be to be strong. And I and I think it continue. It got some good rest um, over the weekend, where you know Chris Matt was the only guy that was used yesterday. You know, Friday night's game was the same situation where you didn't have to use your uh, really good guys. So that that helps as well. I mean, now, you know, going into a, a situation wh- where you've got all these games in a row, you're going to have to do some juggling out there. And, and uh, it's going to give that Excel sheet that you have some a pretty good workout. It is. That's the, the Excel sheet has was what has made me appreciate what these uh, this ridiculous schedule uh, <laughs> th- where they played 24 and 25. Then they had, what, four days off and 10 days or something. Yeah. And, and so this but this time has really allowed them purposefully. And then, of course, with the starters going longer to rest the, the bullpen. And, and I don't you know, that's why I also throw in uh, Nabil Chris Matt as being important for games like yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all. Give you two, three innings at the end of you're blowing someone out or they're blowing you out because these are to have to bring in a, a, a stamina or, or somebody when you don't want to it, or to give him extra innings. And, and that's just not something that is going to be helpful at all over the next 17 days. Uh, but, you, you know, you're right to me, Jay. The story of this trip, the story of this series as they face Woodruff and Burns <laughs> is OK. Now you're getting back into uh, those occasional tests that you're going to have uh, throughout the season. And certainly uh, in Houston, you would expect that as well. Right. Right. No, I think that's, uh, I think that's really oh. important. And and then heading into Houston as well. I keep thinking there's always a part of me that thinks Milwaukee's and that this is like an interleague series um, <laughs> as well. They're, they're, oh, another American league uh, team, but it's not, it's not like that. But in Houston this uh, weekend, they will be able to use the DH Man, they would so, love to be able to keep Manny Machado off the IL and and be able to use that that series in Houston uh, to get some guys days off their feet, but still in the lineup. Right, and so where I, I guess there, that's the next question is, you know, 
sort of forgotten in this a little bit is that they they ran this stretch against the uh, uh, against the Mariners or against this entire stretch with people missing, and against the Mariners, you know, Grisham played four innings before he left Friday night, and Machado didn't play an inning, and and they swept anyway. Um, where it's always impossible to to guess on injuries and and especially with this team lately trying to guess on injuries is is more difficult than usual but where do you think things stand with Machado and 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 Grisham well, it's interesting that, that Jace Tingler allowed that it's possible that one or both could go on the IL. I mean, to this point, let's be honest, we've already given the Mariners their due and everything, but, you know, it, it's okay. You 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 figured you'd be okay. And it, if you drop the game against the Mariners, so be it. But trying to get Manny Machado healthy without actually putting him on the IL. But now you right. can go retroactive and he'd miss the rest of this week. And, okay, if, if that's where they at. But they're also saying that these guys are both starting to feel better. Uh, I would imagine – you come to the park today and uh, if he looks like he can play, he'll play or maybe play tomorrow. Look, a lot of times you can find out from different people what the severity is or what uh, is happening. I think Manny's really put the kibosh on this one. He doesn't want anybody to know uh, what's wrong or that he's playing hurt. Cause I can't get it anywhere. Uh, the severity where, how is it affecting him? Well, you right. know, but it's been clear. People have made passing remarks, and you can see it a little bit, and they've clearly given him the green light to sort of take it easy when when he needs to. Uh, but this has been bothering him, and I think that explains a little bit of why he hasn't taken off yet. So now Grisham, he played through this thing for like a week, and then I, I don't know. I don't know that if he aggravated it or, or what, but, uh, but I would expect in the next couple days they have to make a decision on whether these guys need to – go on the IL because right now their bench is extremely short. If these guys can't play. (laughs) That was the point I was just going to make is that at least you you almost need them to be able to pinch hit if nothing else, because right now, I mean, they're, they have like a two man bench among, you know, I think among healthy, healthy people. And it, you know, it works okay when you can call on a guy like Musgrove to come in and, you know, and and get a bunt down, but still that's not the ideal situation. And as, as you play this week, um, I, I would think it would, it would, it would behoove them to be at, at closer to full strength than, uh, than they are right now. It's funny how adamant Jay Stingler was about pitchers hitting was just the worst and the, the danger <laughs> that it, that guy's used pitchers as pinch hitters more than anybody in Padres history, and more than anybody in the majors this year. Now it's been by necessity. I'm not like, saying that he wasn't telling the truth, but it's just funny how, how it works. It's like, man, you're sending up some of your good pitchers to, to hit awful lot. <laughs> right. Well, I had to laugh. I, I only saw the end of the Cubs game last night, but they, uh, they sent up Craig Kimbrell to hit yep. in the, uh, in the 10th inning. Cause they had the lead and they wanted him to come and pitch the bottom of the 10th as well. And I think, I think it was his second plate appearance of his career or since 2015 or something along those lines. And he took like this mighty swing at one point, and and I was thinking, what are you doing? You know, just stand up there and take some pitches. And and that's I think the part that the managers have talked about is that they're afraid of pitchers, of pitchers getting hurt. You know, hitting hitting more than anything else. And and you know that's a good way to uh, that's a good way to strain something is 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 swinging like that when you're not used to it. And I, I think that's why I said with the Padres, it works a little better when you're doing it to have guys bunt as long as they keep their fingers out of the way. I, I think that works, uh, works a little bit better. 
Well, so. Joe Musgrove's a nice weapon to have as long as he stays healthy uh, doing it. But because that guy can bunt, he can swing. You yeah. know, he's very knowledgeable. You saw him on the sack bunt. It was actually a really good bunt. At first, he's like, maybe I can get on base. Nope. Okay, I'm good. This is just a sacrifice. Uh, and then he's a real weapon to have. But it's just funny to me how often he's hit. Uh, he sent Paddock up there. Weathers up there. Uh, yeah. It's been a funny season. I'll tell you what, I can hardly list all the things that have happened uh, with well, this team already. I know. And it's, and it's, uh, I think I figured out Sunday, I believe Sunday is game 54. So we'd be a third. That's the, the one third point at the end of uh, Sunday heading into Memorial day. And, and there's just been so many weird things that have happened already. And yet you look at the standings and there are the Padres at, you know, 30 and 17 and the Dodgers at 29 and 17. And, and that's something if you had said at the start of the year, that's where those teams would be. Everybody would have said, yeah, that's where those teams will be, you know, both on pace to win just over a hundred games. Although I, obviously that's uh, buoyed a little bit by the Padres recent hot streak, but still it's all sort of worked out in the end, but how we've got to this point is not like anything that we could have expected. What this to reiterate once again, as we start this uh, 10 game uh, road trip, Six and where we say, hey, six and four would be a successful road trip. That depends. Look, if they blow a seven nothing lead on Thursday uh, and they end up six and four, you'll be like, ah, they could have been seven and three or yeah. a bummer, but whatever. What these streaks of winning 12 and 13 and winning nine in a row do is you can go six and four, you can go 500 in, in stretches, and you're still going to end up with 95 wins. And that's what good teams do. Uh, it's been a long time, Jay. If they win their 10th in a row tonight, it will have been since 2009. That's the last time they had a, a, a streak of, of 10 games. doesn't happen very often. You enjoy it. I thought one of the most magnificent statistics to come out of yesterday, the Padres going 9-0 and because it shows you how rare it is and that it's mm-hmm. good teams that do it. The last team to uh, go undefeated on a homestand of nine or more games was the 2015 Mets that Eric Hosmer's Royals beat in the World Series. They right. went 10-0 and on a homestand in 2015. It just doesn't happen. I bet you in that time, a lot of teams went 8-2 and or 8-1 and on these stands or whatever it was. And, and you're like, man, that's an incredible homestand. 9-0, and that was remarkable. I don't care who was playing. Just keep in mind one thing, though, and here, here's, the, here's the pessimistic part. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. The 99 Padres won 14 in a row, and they stunk. Oh. I so, thought you were – you're right. You're right. That was uh, – uh, Kraz wrote about that the other day. He did. He, he wrote about this. He wrote about it this week. And just to point out that it, it can be a fluke. This I, I do not believe for one second that this team is a fluke, and I don't think that that's – that was a fluke in 1999. Uh, All right. I'm this sorry is not a, because this is a good team. Yes, I thought. Generally speaking, there's exceptions to every rule, exactly. and I apologize because I thought you were going to refute momentum. And Jay, no. I'm just going to say, <laughs> coming out of San Francisco, Jay Stingler talked about one of his favorite words, and that you know maybe they that could build some momentum when they beat him. What was it that day? Eleven to one. They beat the Giants, and we're like, okay, yeah, huh? We'll see it. We'll, we'll believe it when we see it. And look what happened, Jay. I'm just saying, seems like that momentum, even momentum, even overcame the loss of Fernando Tatis Jr. and all those guys. Jay? Just let me know when the momentum's going to end, though. How? how... <laughs> Brandon Woodruff or Corbin Burns, is uh, those guys could be momentum killers. We'll there see. you go. There you go. Kevin, we'll talk to you from Houston on uh, on Friday. Thank you, everybody.